We are back yet again on the Thick Mandate Podcast to give you our week six predictions for the 2022 NFL season. And I'll be honest with you, we have been struggling this year. I think we both have losing records. If not, it's darn close. But we will persevere. We will keep giving you our picks and they will keep being wrong in all likelihood. But starting off, we've got the Thursday night game. And this video will not be up by the time this game is played. But that doesn't matter. It is a game between the Chicago Bears and the Washington football team. The Washington Commanders. The Washington Redskins. The Washington disgrace of a franchise whose owner is threatening to out the entire NFL. There is no point in watching this game. There is no point in predicting this game. I have been praying religiously for the past week or so that the hurricane would circle back around and hit Chicago so this game would get delayed or canceled so it was not the only game on Thursday Night Football. It is not. So that is unfortunate. I will not uh, give a prediction. I will instead say we as football fans deserve better. Jeff Bezos, you need to fix this. I know you're watching. You need to work out a way to get better games on in primetime if you're going to keep having Thursday night football. This is going to be an embarrassment. It's going to be a bad game, and I want no part of it. Well, Thursday night football has slowly been devolving into one of the most unwatchable sporting products I think we've ever seen on the professional stage. And with the with the Bear, last week we had to watch the Broncos take on the Colts. That was abysmal. Although in the NFL's defense on that one, coming into the season, was expecting the Colts to be better than they are. You know, they have Jonathan Taylor. And we were all expecting the Broncos not to be one of the worst offenses in the NFL. So for that game specifically, I think we need to give them a little bit of leeway. But with this game, we kind of all expected these teams to be bad. The Bears were have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Washington, no one's a big fan of Carson Wentz. And now when it comes to this game specifically, I am not a fan at all of what Ron Rivera had to say about Carson Wentz, saying the rest of the division has been able to win games because they've built around their quarterback, which is almost, in my opinion, a self-report because your defense has not been good. And when you look at the other quarterbacks in the division, the Cowboys have been winning with Cooper Rush. The Giants have been winning with Daniel Jones off of the back of Saquon Barkley and the Eagles have been winning just because their entire roster is good it's by far more than the quarterback position so I think Washington is in a complete mess outside of even the Dan Steiner situation the roster is bad Ron Rivera may not be that guy anymore with the types of things he's been saying and the performances defenses had on the field so with this game even though the Bears have been struggling I think they're going to walk away with the win Justin Fields is going to look better than he has and yeah, they wind up winning this game. I don't see how... I think the the commanders have a bunch of turmoil going on right now. I completely agree with you. If I were to pick an outcome, I would say the commanders win 73 to nothing or is a tied game 13 to 13. But again, I'm not picking an outcome because I refuse to be involved in this. All right, moving on to the actual football games. The first one we are going to discuss this week is, admittedly, not that good of a game either, but it's better than the Thursday night game. It's the 49ers taking on the Falcons in Atlanta. And the Falcons offense has shown a little bit of life this year. I know Kyle Pitts fans, the owners are going to disagree with that, but Mariota doesn't look terrible. Their running game with Cordero Paris is not horrible. Drake London's looked promising, one of the best rookie wide receivers, and the 49ers just appear to be stalling offensively. But they've still got a real defense. They've still got Debo Samuel. And they've still got the best blocking tight end in football, who's also one of the best receiving tight ends in football, even though he doesn't get any targets, and George Kittle. So I'm going to say they go to Atlanta, beat up on the Dirty Birds, relatively low scoring game. I'm going to go 23 to 10 ish, somewhere in that range, with the 49ers walking away with the dub. 
Yeah, before the season started, I made a TikTok that got around 2 million views talking about how bad the Falcons were going to be, and I've slowly revised that opinion as the season has progressed, and I want to put out there that I think the Falcons have shown a lot. They're not as bad as we all originally thought. I think Marcus Mariota is not necessarily as bad as we all thought he was going to be. Their weapons have been more productive than we thought they were going to be, but when it comes down to this game, their offense is basically, I'd say, almost the same as the 49ers offense. Their defense is far from great. And on the 49ers side of the ball, they have one of, if not the best defense in football. They have the best unit on the field. So when you have that with the 49ers, you have more established and elite playmakers on offense, like you mentioned Debo and Kittle, you're going to come out on top in this game. Now, as I've said, every single week, I made a prediction with the Falcons. They've made the game more competitive than we all expect. So there's a potential for that to happen. But the 49ers defense is just so good. And I see them dominating the game and the pace of the game. You know, you're right. They do make games competitive. I'll slide them another touch. I'll say 23-17 49ers. Could happen. You know what something else could happen? The Cleveland Browns could play the New England Patriots and the Browns could emerge victorious. The Browns have a sneakily good offense this year on the back of Jacoby Brissett, Jarvis Landry, not Jarvis Landry, Mark Cooper, and who are we kidding? It's all Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is carrying this team's offense. Their defense is solid. It's got talented pieces. Got one of the best pass rushing defensive ends in football who may or may not be back this week. And I think they beat the Patriots. I'll be honest with you. Bill Belichick has always been a good defensive coach, but in recent years, the run game defense is a little bit lacking. Nick Chubb, one of the best at breaking tackles in the whole league i think he's going to run rampant through this patriots team (laughs) and all in all just a nice fast game ball stays moving not too many passing plays and the browns drive (laughs) so you haven't addressed it but i feel like we need to address how wrong we were about the patriots last week we felt the lines with their number one scoring offense were going to go to new england and they were going to dominate the patriots because the patriots are on their third string quarterback in bailey zappi at this point and that is far from what actually took place bailey zappi wound up putting 29 points behind ramondi stevenson's i think 160 yard effort and they won the football game 29 to 0 so me and you were <laughs> very Only wrong was made a tiktok video talk about how we all jared goff an apology that was was before that was before the game happened and in his defense his number one running back and number one receiver out so there is that but we were so wrong about that last you week Lions fans an apology for jinxing that man I'm, i might have jinxed him slightly anyway you were just as wrong as me and you're trying to deflect I our horrible prediction what i didn't make a tiktok I'm that tiktok had nothing to do with Lions. this game stop you're you're, you're you're deflecting anyway he said nice things about jared goff you can't <laughs> give him compliments you did too I don't think I said nice things. Maybe lukewarm things. Anyway. Say he wasn't a bad quarterback. He plays in the NFL. I assume he's all right. The Patriots losing that game. Sorry. The Patriots winning that game is not going to affect my prediction this week. The Browns still have a very solid defense. They have one of the best, if not the best rushing attack in the NFL with the tandem of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb is leading the NFL in rushing yards. And I think they are going to dominate the game on the ground. The Patriots don't have quite as good a running game as the Browns. (laughs) Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Bailey Zappi in his first year as a starter. He's a rookie. And the Browns also have a better receiver in Amari Cooper and David Njoku is also very good. So the Browns are going to win this game. Quite possibly. Then again, we could be wrong two weeks in a row. We both just picked against the Patriots again. So I'm... I'm going to change my pick, I'll be honest. I'm sticking to it, but... 
we may be doing our friends in Cleveland then. Now onto a matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. And this is Aaron Rodgers' sweet spot right here. No real lights are on him. He's playing a horrible team. He's probably going to get out to an early lead, coast a little bit. Jets are going to come back, make it a little bit of a game. Elijah Moore, all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, Packers are going to win this one. Aaron Rodgers is going to make it look relatively easy. The Green Bay faithful are going to say, oh, we're the best team in the division. We're going back to the Super Bowl. We're 4-2, even though they look like one of the worst 4-2 teams in all of football. But hey, that's just the Green Bay way. If they drop this game to the Jets, though, <laughs> I am going to ridicule Packers faithful and Aaron Rodgers relentlessly. You will get five straight TikToks talking about how much of a bum that man is. But yeah, Packers <laughs> got this. Well, well, Jets fans are ecstatic because they beat the Miami Dolphins last week. It seems they don't really acknowledge that they were playing the Dolphins' third-string quarterback and that Teddy Bridgewater only threw one pass in the game, and they're just highlighting the fact that they put up 41 points and dominated the Dolphins. It's not easy to win a football game when you move to your third-string quarterback who didn't even have practice that week with the ones because you're expecting for another guy to start. So the Jets have won three games this season, but last week, beating the Dolphins, in my opinion, is not that big of a deal because it was a third string quarterback and when they're playing the Packers this week although the Packers have not looked great they just lost to the Giants they lost to the Bucks by two I think it lends itself to exactly what Isaiah was talking about Aaron Rodgers going to go into this game lights are not on him necessarily as bright as they've been in the past the Packers offense has been faltering there's not a ton of expectations because people see that it's a young wide receiver core and they're not producing how we may all like and I think they're going to go in and they're going to beat the Jets this week I think the Packers wind up getting another win and then me and Isaiah are going to have to see all the comments this aged poorly on our videos talking about how mediocre the Packers are. Even though they are quite possibly the, well they're not the worst team in the NFC North by a wide stretch the Bears do happen that division. I guess they're better than the Lions but they look much worse than the Vikings if we're all being honest with ourselves. Oh, I could just say I could skip the Colts Jaguars game, and I think most fans do want to skip the Colts Jaguars game and go straight into the Vikings prediction, but we're going to soldier through with it. The Jaguars are going on down to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, and it's not going to be a particularly good game either. And I'm making my pick based solely on the fact this series is generally split every single year. The Jaguars win in Jacksonville, the Colts win in Indianapolis. I think that pattern's going to repeat itself. Neither of these teams are amazing. The Colts' so called elite offensive line looked horrible. Quinn Nelson looks like a bum and has been riding off the hype of his rookie season the past two years, and the Indianapolis offense is overall uninspiring, but Jaguars offense struggling quite a bit in recent weeks. I just don't see him falling out. Not on the road, not the young quarterback. I'm going to give this one to the Colts. I mean, it's embarrassing the Jaguars found a way to lose to the Texans last week, and I really thought they were on the verge of turning things around and establishing themselves as the favorites in the AFC South, and then Damian Pierce just went out and dominated them. But when it comes to this week, the Colts are the worst two-win team in NFL history, if that is even something after five games. Matt Ryan looks like he's 70 years old back there in the pocket and is leading the worst scoring offense in the NFL. The Jaguars at least have put up some offensive production. The Colts have little to none, especially with Jonathan Taylor struggling with an injury. And I don't know if Naheem Hines is playing this week due to the concussion he suffered in last week's game. So I'm going to say it again. I don't see how the Colts are going to win this one. And I think the Jaguars have more firepower on offense, even may have the better defense. Although the Colts defense has been decent. 
pretty good. Yeah, it's been all right. I'd say the Jaguars' D-line's better, but they also didn't have as much firepower as the Broncos on paper and still managed to beat them. It's the Indianapolis way. They win and they win ugly. Now, on to the Minnesota Vikings matchup against the Miami Dolphins. We've already alluded to this a little bit earlier. The Dolphins have an interesting quarterback situation going on right now, and this would seem like an easy win to uh, many of the Vikings faithful, but they struggle in these games. They got blasted by Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys last season before he took over the reins this year and started looking like an elite quarterback. They lost to a backup, and I think they're on the precipice of doing it again. I don't think they're going to quite be able to pull off this embarrassing loss, but it's going to be a close game. The Vikings are not going to blow out the Dolphins. They've got too much offensive firepower. The Vikings don't perform well in these situations. Kirk Cousins isn't him. He'll never be him. He'll never even dream about being him, and it's just going to be a complete mess. But 1 p.m. game, so the Vikings will ultimately win. Yeah, when you look at the Vikings this season, they have not been winning by as wide of margins as you would have hoped, even though they're 4-1, which as a fan, you love to see. You love to see that your team's winning the division. They're 4-1. They've only dropped one game to the Eagles who are undefeated. So that's good for the Vikings. But when you take a look at their other games, they only beat the Bears by 7, who are horrible. They only beat the Saints by 3, who are very injured. And they're not winning those games. So to speak to Isaiah's point, this game is probably going to be closer than it should be when you're going against a third string quarterback but due to the fact you're going against a third string quarterback that also happens to be a rookie and and you're coming off the loss last week the Vikings are going to win but it's going to be closer than we all expect and if the Dolphins do pull it out it'll be because Tyreek Hill had a dominant performance and Kirk Cousins did Kirk Cousins things and threw the game away yeah Vikings fans like me though we just need to be purged from the fan base (laughs) Little inside joke there for those at home. Next up, we've got a matchup between the New Orleans Saints and the Cincinnati Bengals, who I almost just called the Indianapolis Bengals. And the Saints are kind of in complete turmoil right now. They're getting Kamara back this week, I believe, but the rest of their offense struggling mightily. And the Bengals, you can kind of say the same thing about, but at the end of the day, they still have decent-ish receivers. Joe Burrow's a fine quarterback. Their offensive line is one-fifth of being functional, and that's just not something you can say for the Saints at this point. I think they're going to go to New Orleans and beat them. It's not going to be a good game. Jamar Chase is going to run 17 go routes and get the ball twice. Marshawn Lattimore is going to make angry Instagram comments after the game, and it's just going to be one of those matchups you'd like to forget about. A unimportant week six game forgotten in the grand scheme of things. Well, the the Bengals and Saints are both two teams that have been underachieving given the uh, talent they have on the roster. The Bengals more so than the Saints. I mean, you take a look at the Bengals. Uh, Joe Mixon has some, some of the high, most carries in the NFL, and he has not been getting that many rushing yards. He's like 14th, and he's far down the list in rushing yards, and like third or fourth on the list in carries. So they've not been productive there. They rarely go under center and all of their runs are out of shotgun. So their offense is extremely predictable and it gives the defensive line the ability to just tee off on them and get tackles in the backfield, get sacks and prevent the Bengals from moving the ball down the field. So, and I I don't really see a way out of that with Zach Taylor as their head coach. They've shown no indication that they're going to modify their offense, evolve their game plan and make progress within their schemes. I think we're going to see the Saints actually win this game, and Bengals fans are going to be left wishing that they drafted Penny Sewell instead of Jamar Chase. There we go. That's the take. I like that one. 
I like that one. That's a dynamic pick of the week. Good on you, Tristan. Good on you for preaching the truth about the superior pick of Panay Sewell and how the Bengals screwed that up. And you know what? Because that was such a dynamic pick, because I'm so proud of you, you can lead off this Giants game. Tell us and what's going to happen in New York, in the Meadowlands, between the Ravens and the Giants. <laughs> I mean, for, for the sake of the Giants season, I should probably pick the Ravens to win this one. Because every single time I've picked against the Giants, they have won the game with the exception of the Cowboys week, although given the Cowboys pass rush, that was an extremely hard matchup for the Giants. And heading into this week, I think the game is going to be very competitive. On the Ravens side of the ball, their defense has not been all that great. And then on the Giants, they have Saquon Barkley, by far the best running back in the league this season, all things considered. I know Nick Chubb has also been very dominant. Saquon is leading the league in scrimmage yards. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry. He has a three touchdowns so far, but he has been the engine that has kept the Giants offense moving and he's the reason the Giants are have four wins and are also above 500 when people thought they're going to be picking in the top 10 next season. So when it comes down to this game, I actually think the Giants are going to pull this one out. The Ravens defense has been struggling and I think Saquon is going to dominate on the ground. He's going to dominate on the receiving end. He's a dual threat running back and the Giants are going to pull out a win. That is a dynamic pick right there. Back to back again. I'm impressed by that one as well. It's a shame that one's wrong. Look, (laughs) Lamar Jackson's Lamar Jackson and people can tout the Giants defense say it's been good one all year. At the end of the day, they're going to get gouged on the ground for long carries by Lamar and probably going to get the top taken off a little bit by Mark Andrews. Look, at the end of the day, I'm as big a Giants fan as the next guy. I love the Meadowlands. I love the city of New <laughs> Shut Jersey. the fuck up. <laughs> but I just gotta go with the Ravens in this one. This will be a very important matchup, though, because I believe both the uh, driving engines, the powerful, powerful legs carrying these respective offenses will carry their owners into the MVP race. Saquon's going to be a part of it, and Lamar's going to be a part of it if they can both stay healthy. I think they will, and I think this game is going to have MVP implications, but it's going to favor Lamar, who is going to have an amazing outing. Might even outrush Saquon on the ground a little bit. Do a little bit of saucy stuff. Juke me. He's got better juke me than Saquon. Probably faster than Saquon at the end of the day. And that's why I'm going to get him the edge. The Ravens win because of Lamar Jackson. The guy who calls them the Jersey Giants all of a sudden likes the Giants. Yeah, I I am a big supporter of the uh, New York-based sports teams. <laughs> okay. That's why I support the Knicks. Uh. <laughs> God, what pick are we on? On to the final 1 o'clock game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And these two teams have just been giant disappointments. The quarterback situation in Pittsburgh has been a complete mess. I thought Mitch was going to be alright, and if he wasn't, I thought Pickett was going to be alright. Turns out both of them stink. And the Buccaneers, Brady's going through a messy divorce, Giselle's being passive-aggressive on Instagram, and their talent has been in and out of the line. So all in all, this game, which was going to be good, or at least should have been good six weeks ago, and now it just looks like a giant math fest. And at the end of the day, Brady wins math fest. Whether that be due to superior play calling or uh, superior relationships with the officials, the Buccaneers will try. Brady wins, Steelers look horrible on offense yet again thanks to the elite Bucks defense, and we all move on to the uh, 405 game. At a 3-2 and two record, the Buccaneers and how the uh, Buccaneers offense has been struggling, the Buccaneers are lucky to be playing a bad team this week. Me and Isaiah every week have been talking about the Steelers' high-end receiving talent, yet their receivers have zero receiving touchdowns this season. The Steelers' offense is not functional. Whoever's at quarterback is not getting the receivers the ball in the end zone. They're not converting touchdowns. And Najee Harris has not been that effective on the ground. So there's no way the Steelers win this game because they can't seem to get their offense to function. 
whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, they're not scoring points. And when you don't score points, you can't win football games. Well, you can win football games if you've got T.J. Watt, your defensive line. Unfortunately, that's not the case for our friends in Pittsburgh anymore. He'll be back soon, though. Don't you worry. But yeah, easy Buccaneers victory. Their offense stinks. On to the afternoon games. And we've got the Los Angeles Rams facing off against the Carolina Panthers. And the world is burning down in Carolina right now. Rule's been fired. Looks like Baker's not going to play. Which means Sam Darrell's going to have to take on the Rams offense. And P.J. Really Walker's is, starting. Oh my goodness. P.J. Walker's starting. Ah, oh, that changes everything. Alright. So we've got the number 31 <laughs> ranked offense in the NFL. Taking on the number 32 ranked offense in the NFL. Both these teams offense is steep. One's due to bad personnel. One's due to racism. And at the end of the day, <laughs> it's just not going to be a particularly good outing. I think this one is going to be a blowout, though. This is the game the Rams use to sort of get their season back on track a little bit. If they can't beat up on the Carolina Panthers, whose defense, oh good, it's not that great, and whose offense is not going to score any points, they might as well just call. They can start booking their vacations in January because they ain't making the playoffs. Yeah. They need to go out there and dominate this game. And I think they will. I think they will. I'm going to give this one to the Rams. I don't have much to say. The Panthers are awful. They're just blown out by the 49ers. They don't have Baker Mayfield. They just fired their head coach. PJ Walker is starting, of all people. There's no way in hell they find a way to beat the Rams. The, the, the Rams are so much more competent and have so much more talent. Damn, more talent. They don't look more competent this year. They look horrible this year. I almost want to pick the Panthers just to uh, further solidify or further make fun. Yeah, you, you don't have any dynamic picks yet this week. Oh, give me a second. I've got one plan for our Monday night game. Next, we got to the Cardinals taking on the Seahawks in the loudest stadium in all the world. And Geno Smith has been informed that Drew Locke is chomping at his heels for that quarterback job. In response, Geno, who has that dog in him, we all know he's got that dog in him, he's probably got several dogs in him, is going to go out there and absolutely smoke the Cardinals' defense. DeAndre Hopkins is not there to save the day for their offense. They're not going to be able to win a gunfight. The Seahawks receivers are just better. They're running back, comparable. They're quarterback, better pocket passer, not as good of an escape bars. Geno Smith is going to rule the day here. He is going to show why he is the best quarterback in the NFC West by going out there and beating the little man. And I'm pretty sure it's a double XP weekend on the war zone, so Kyler Murray's in trouble. <laughs> this is one of the most interesting matchups we have this week because of how good the Seahawks have been playing on the offensive side of the ball and how good Geno Smith has been playing. His completion percentage is absurdly high and their offense has been putting up a lot of points on the Cardinals side of the ball. Their offense has been pretty decent. But their defense has not been as good as we all might have hoped. And I think a big part heading into this game is that the Seahawks are also going to be missing Rashad Penny. So it's going to come down to how good Kenneth Walker can be. And when it comes to predicting the winner, the Seahawks defense is horrible. They have the worst scoring defense in the NFL. So in my opinion, both offenses are comparable. They're comparable in terms of talent. Right now, they're comparable in terms of quarterback play. So I think the Cardinals edge them out because they may get one or two stops, whereas I don't think the Seahawks are going to stop the Cardinals at all. So little faith in the Legion of Boom 2.0. That's fine. We'll see. We'll see. Now, speaking of a team I've got absolute faith in, the Buffalo Bills are moseying on over to Arrowhead Stadium to take on the Kansas City Chiefs in what will certainly be the most entertaining game of the week. We'll have the largest playoff implication of any game, and we'll see the Bills go out there and attempt to exact revenge for the AFC Championship game. And these offenses are comparable to me. Neither have an amazingly strong running game. I know a layer gets involved, but I feel like it's just not that impactful in the grand scheme of things. But both are marquee passing attacks. Josh Allen, 
on absolute stud. Mahomes, probably better than him. And I don't think you can really give one offense the advantage over the other. So then I'm going to look at the defense. And while the Chiefs defense has been all right, it got gouged over and over again by Devontae Adams, who's an elite receiver, don't get me wrong, but I feel Stephon Diggs is very capable of doing the same thing. Gabriel Davis, one of the best deep threats in the league, is certainly capable of doing the same thing. So I think that is where the victory lies for the Bills. Their defense is better than the Chiefs defense. They've got Tredavious White. They've got Von Miller now. They're actually going to be able to get stops. They're not going to let the Chiefs drive down, score a touchdown, 13 seconds, and it's going to be a different outcome than the AFC Championship. I'm giving this one of the Bills a relatively high-scoring affair. I actually think the Chiefs are going to wind up winning this game because of how good their offense has been. When you take a look at their offense this season and when you watch their games play, you don't know who's going to get the ball. Whether it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Isaiah Pacheco, now Jarek McKinnon just had a big game. Of course, you know Travis Kelsey's going to be dominant. I think their offense, in my opinion, is more well-rounded than the Bills because on the Bills side of things, they don't do really anything with their running backs on the ground and it just comes down to what Josh Allen is going to do through the air and what he is then going to drop they supplement their running game with him dropping back and evading pressure and then running the ball their offense is not nearly as creative as the Chiefs and I think that's going to I think that's going to allow the Chiefs to win this game and I think it's going to make the Bills look inward a little bit and take another step towards evolving their offense well you can say that all you want but they've scored more points against better defenses this year so they also don't perform well in close games. We, you know, Patrick oh, Mahomes has an above 500 record, uh, better than any quarterback in NFL history after trailing by 10 points. Josh Allen hasn't really done that yet. He either seems to blow teams out or, you know, in close games, they wind up not doing so great. They wind up not doing so great. You mean the defense winds up not doing so great? Are you going to pin uh, the Bills loss in close games on Josh Allen? You got to put up more points on the other team. Hey, you got to get a stop with 13 seconds left, which thankfully I think the Bills defense is now capable of doing. You didn't address the fact I think the Bills defense is much better than the Chiefs defense, but hey, we don't need to get into that. We need to have some contradictory picks here. So at least Chris Jones is that man. I mean, he should have had a fumble recovery at the end of the first half last week, but you know. Well, if he didn't brutally rough the passer, I'm amazed Derek Garcia <laughs> playing for any point in the foreseeable future after that penalty. All right. Sunday night game Cowboys take on the Eagles. Eagles have a better team, Eagles have an actual quarterback. Eagles are going to win this one. I don't need to say much more. The Eagles, undefeated, remain undefeated. Cooper Rush, knocked back down. There's still a very impressive run they've had here, but it comes to an end. Yeah, the Eagles are the most well-rounded team in the NFL. Their defense is very good. Their offensive line is good. They have two elite receivers. They have a very good running back and then two good running backs behind them. And Jalen Hurts is playing better than he has at any other point in his career. On the Cowboys side of the ball, their biggest asset is their pass rush. They probably have the best pass rush in the NFL fueled by Micah Parsons, but their offense is not all that great and is not as that exciting. They haven't been forced to put up points with another offense that is very good. So if the Cowboys find a way to win this game, it'll be because uh, their front seven just got after Jalen Hurts and they slowed down the run. But I don't see that happening. I think the Eagles are going to be able to put up points due to how well-rounded they are, and I think they're going to get one over on the Cowboys. Let's be honest. If you know anything about us, you knew we were both picking the Eagles to win this game, and we both hate the Eagles, so that should tell you something. On to Monday night night football. And I've got a few words to say, some very important words, which will determine the outcome of this game. Broncos country, let's ride. Russ has been getting absolutely slandered since last Thursday night. He has been the laughing stock of the sports media. People are making fun of him for being corny, failing to perform, X, Y, and Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. On their side, you've got the Chargers who are underachieving, but still a very good team. I picked him to win 13 games. 
I hate to break it to the Chargers. They're not winning 13 games, and they're not winning this game. This and this right here, no other game this year, but this is where the Broncos offense finally starts clicking just a little bit. Russ is going to start cooking. We're going to go from microwave meals and Lunchables to five stars, Michelin chef style, filet mignon. He is going to torch the Chargers defense. I think it's going to be a bit of a gunfight. I think Russ is going to come ready to shoot though. Broncos are going to win this game in a massive upset. Yeah, I don't I don't think he's going to be getting into much of a gunfight when he's also dealing with that um, uh, what is it, strain, strain muscle in one of his shoulders. He's He's not as good as he's been ever. He's just, they just found a way to lose to the Colts of all teams who have an absolutely abysmal offense. And the Chargers actually have some firepower. If we're making a dynamic pick of the week, this was not the one to make because the Broncos simply are not capable of keeping up with Justin Herbert who can throw the ball, it seems 90 yards down the field when Russell Wilson doesn't even seem to have an, a deep ball anymore. So I don't see any way the Broncos are even somewhat competitive in this game. The fact that you don't see a way just affirms to me that I am making the right pick. It was darkest before <laughs> dawn, and it was pretty darn dark on Thursday night. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Broncos upset big time. Put all your money on that mortgage to the house. Trust me, you'll thank me for it. <laughs> that has been this week's predictions. Let us know what your predictions are down in the comments below. If you're seeing this video after it airs, clown us for all the ones we get wrong. Because we get a lot of them wrong, even though we title it 100% accurate picks. Please. Subscribe, like the video, and we will see you in next week's predictions.